0: I was just throwing around your blankets so you could get closer to me. Yes. How do you feel about that?
1: I think it's
0: cute. Thank
1: you. <laughs> There's a song that Steels and Croft's, um sang called Closer. I think it's called Get Closer. It's a good song.
0: There's also a great song from Nine Inch Nails called Closer. Yes, I know. I love that one.
1: Me, not so much. Aww. It's It's not my favorite.
0: But I still love you.
1: Okay. okay. Well, good. Well, I hope I'm your favorite.
0: Oh, my favorite. j Whoa. Oh, One good. of my friends is having a birthday today.
1: Oh. Well, uh, can I say shout out to your friend? Happy birthday.
0: Happy birthday, bro. We hope you survive another year. At least I do. <laughs> and I think Alana would agree with me on that.
1: Today is also the... Uh, Anniversary of my grandpa's um, death, unfortunately, and I've never met him, but I've heard some really good things about him. Today. You
0: didn't have anything to do with that.
1: No, I was not even born yet. Okay. <laughs> Why would I? I never. I just said I never met him.
0: <laughs> Maybe you hired some people.
1: Ah, I, don't know. I was a. I wasn't even born yet. Okay, Bubs.
0: You know uh, what else today marks the anniversary of? What's that? Nineteen years ago today. Yep. I had just moved to Hawaii about four days earlier. Oh. And on January 9th, 2003, I performed spoken word poetry in public for the very first time.
1: Wow. So so you wrote your first poem and everything?
0: I had written poetry for a while. Yeah. But this was the first time I really shared it with an audience. Before that, it was, I think, basically just my mom had heard some of my poetry.
1: When did you start writing poetry officially before you started competing?
0: Here's what happens. Okay. Alana, you're not going to like this because this has to do with an ex-girlfriend. Oh, no. Hold on. Hold on. So, roughly in like 2000, 2001, I was going through kind of an intense breakup with a girl. And I listened to a lot of rap music at the time. Eminem was popular. He had issues with women. I I liked Ice Cube a lot. I was getting into Gangstar. So, I had nothing to do because I would skip school a lot. Mm -hmm. Smoke weed. Of course. Allegedly.
1: Truancy. Uh You are a regular truant.
0: Well, then a West... In any events. One day, it might, I, I'm trying to think if it was in the summer of 2000. I know it, the breakup kind of got elongated yeah. and went on for a while. Right. Uh, let's say the disintegration of our relationship.
1: Okay.
0: Um It was a breakup. Things happen. Anyways, I want to say it was the summer of 2000. It may have been the fall of 2000. I started writing poetry. And... One day, so I used to live in my mom's basement. Yeah, there were was a washer and dryer down there. Uh My mom comes down and sees one of my notebooks and is underwhelmed by it. Uh You know, it was just open. I was writing something. She's like, ah, whatever. Yeah. And then, but then I I shared something I wrote with her like a month later. She's like, that's actually really good. You should keep doing this. Well. My mom was very supportive in some ways about artistic stuff. Oh, good. And some would say that's where I get my ability to wait in the wings as you thrive as an artist.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my goodness.
0: (laughs) So I just kept writing and writing and writing because I had nothing else to do, right? Uh Uh-huh. And eventually I got good. When I moved to Hawaii, my uncle's wife... Had started doing a monthly poetry reading called the Live Poet Society.
1: Wow. So, and she was really into poetry.
0: Then. She, she was into poetry. Yeah. I started performing, you know, there. Then we did a tour around the Big Island called the Poets for Peace. Oh, wow. This, you no, know, Poets for Peace was probably around March or April of 2003. It was. Right as we were getting ready to to go into war with Iraq, which is unjustified. And this was our way of doing a peaceful protest of that. Okay. So that's how I got into poetry. Nice. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that you actually shared it with your mom. I just thought that you you were just interested uh, in what your aunt was doing before. uh, That's how you got into poetry. Oh, no. So
0: I had no idea that she was doing poetry reading. So what had happened, let me get a few more details. So my mom moved to Hawaii in 2002 and I stayed here for six more months. I was, I was doing various things Mm -hmm. right around the city, trying to get something going. Mm -hmm. And I called my mom one day and at the time she was staying with my uncle and she said, Oh, she, she talked to my uncle's wife and she's like, you know, uh, my son does poetry. And she says this as I'm on the phone and, you know, she probably does not <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, everybody's son does poetry, uh-huh, whatever. Uh-huh. But she ended up being very encouraging of my work. Yeah. Because come on, I'm, I'm Rick.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: You even said that you even enjoyed my poetry.
1: I, I did. I did. Yes. 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 I I still do.
0: But I didn't know until late 2002 when I was already leaning in the direction of going out there. Yep. That I was going to be, uh, that she was hosting poetry readings. I was kind of trying to make things work here. There was a girl who lived in the building where I was living at the time and nothing happened.
1: That was the one that was living
0: next door to you? No, 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 no. This was years earlier. Oh, okay. The girl who was, that was like 2012. Oh, okay. But I remember, I was thinking about this last night. I had this long bus ride in the town. Because at the time I lived in Beaverton. Wow. And there was this, I know I've dated, dated a lot of East Indian women. But there was this girl whose family was from East India. And she lived in the building. And one day this is like summer 2002 we share this long bus ride together. But she was a couple years younger than me at the time. She was like 17, I was 19. Oh, okay. We had had a really good conversation. I was thinking about pursuing something but there, there was this other girl from my school, a white girl, who was kind of thinking about maybe I could try to get in contact with this girl.
1: Oh, I and remember that. That one.
0: did not turn out well. She didn't remember you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I just I just remember all these things that you told me.
0: <laughs> in retrospect, I probably should have asked out the girl from my building first. And I also spent some time in San Diego. There, there was some craziness there. And I was trying to, you know, be a young man and get over my own depression. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which with varying forms of success. So yeah. that's a little bit about me getting into poetry.
1: Very good. How do
0: you feel knowing more about your man?
1: Well, I'm glad you didn't get with those, that, with that, uh, uh, the two, the two girls. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. Just, it just, it just makes me feel a little bit better. I'm not. But,
0: it would have added to my life experience. Uh, Keep going.
1: But it didn't happen. Okay. It's a thing. Um, I, I, I still believe that if you, you know, any, uh, little detail that changed, uh, that could change about your, life could affect your future, but it's just me. Um, but, but, but I think it's really interesting. It's an interesting story.
0: Yeah. If, so I, I keep thinking about this. I read a book called replay last summer and we talked about this. Yeah. And I don't know what happens after you die, but I, if, if I ever get the opportunity, if there is a God and he says, Rick, I'm going to let you relive your life, but knowing everything you know now, I would do many, many, many things differently. One of the things for sure that I think would have changed, though, is I would have had a more of a balanced relationship with poetry. Because when I got into it, it really, really got into it in Mm -hmm. 2003, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it was the main thing on my mind for several years. Like, I'd go out on dates and everything, and I'd party with people, but it was always somewhere in the back of my head. And I think that was a little bit unhealthy. But that's also how I got really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I really moved to Denver so I could be closer to their scene because back in 2006 Denver was a spot to go in the country as far as spoken word poetry. And they
1: trying. were having these things in cafes, right?
0: Yeah. The mercury cafe was my spot, mm-hmm. but they also had it in other places. Like, um, there's this place called the common grounds. I used to go to, there was another venue at five points um that i went to a couple of times and this lawyer ran it who but he was also involved in the poetry scene oh wow yeah um and there, there were other spots there was uh me and a, a buddy of mine i almost said his name there was a spot in inglewood it was like a, a local coffee shop that we used to go to on monday nights. so i would drag him to Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he had, this was in 2010. He had just gotten a divorce. Wow! And I remember going to that place a lot during the summer of that year. Oh well. Yeah. There he goes. But I I competed in slam poetry out there. I never got on a slam team though. Mm. That's my that's a big regret in the poetry world. Mm-hmm. And if I could relive my life over, I probably would have done some shady things behind the scenes to get on a team. Uh oh. If we're gonna be honest. Well, so I almost did get on the team. I told you that story. Yeah, right? yeah, you did. That was so when I moved back here in two thousand four, the red and black coffee collective used to have uh slam poetry.
1: Yeah.
0: And it it wasn't a for sure thing, but I, w- I did very well consistently there. Mm-hmm. And it looked like there was a good shot that I was gonna be asked to be on their team. And wouldn't you know it? That's when Portland stopped sending teams to Wow. <laughs> well and it would be worse if it was just that year right but they didn't start sending people back to nationals yeah until i think 2013 hmm. so it was a nice long break from portland wow the other thing i would do if i could relive my life babes i don't know i'm telling you this like you know uh i don't know if you're that interested
1: well no it's, it's it is kind of interesting
0: there is a documentary documentary we will watch sometime in the future called slam nation and i know i've talked about it before mm-hmm. but it's basically about the 1996 uh slam championships mm. which took place in portland oregon wow. but this was a number of years before i was interested in spoken word poetry
1: yeah and at the time i mean both of us were young teenagers and college. yeah
0: yeah if I could relive my life, I would have started getting into the scene in, like, 94 or 95. Written some really cool stuff and competed. And, you know, not on a national level, level but I would have competed in the National Slam Championships and opened mics around down. Mm-hmm. And got a name going for myself. And maybe, you know, I don't know.
1: Well, I don't know.
0: Um So, do you ever think about... How your life would be different if you knew then what you know now?
1: Sometimes I do, but at the same time, I I try not to think about that because there are so many things about my life that I like now mm-hmm. that I wouldn't change. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, we all have regrets. I mean, nobody is immune to regret or, you know, nobody is immune to rejection and nobody's immune to heartache and whatever, Yeah, but... Um, I try not to think too much about that. I mean, yeah, it would have been great if I went to a performance arts high school, because I think I would have had a, a leg up on college. And I probably would have known a lot more about music, mm-hmm. music theory. Um, I wish that I would have gone to more uh, of um like, I, I wish I would have gone to more music camps if I w- had the opportunity. Um I think it would have been great if I would have started braille music at a really, really young age because I would have retained it more and I would have been able to be a lot more efficient, but I can't, I can't, uh, change that. Um, I am thankful that I developed my ear, um, starting from a very young age. Um, I think I didn't start to really develop it until I was seven
0: that's really young i mean it's not young in some circles but to me that sounds i mean like you were i mean i
1: i had a start in it when i was like probably three or four because i was listening to all these instruments and i was really fascinated with sound and i even though i would ask my mom you know i would say oh what instrument is that she would even tell me what it was even if she was wrong you know because she knew i was interested in that stuff I was interested in how drums made noises uh woodwinds made noises before I knew what woodwinds were um and she knew that I was really curious about that, and I didn't really start to really work on my um ear training until I was seven and I started taking piano lessons mm. i I'm so thankful for that I really am I mean that really helped a lot with my um
0: Ooh, with, uh, my, that was my, my song. Uh, with
1: my uh, music uh, comprehension and abilities, and I'm I'm thankful for that. But there's so many things about my life that I'm 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 happy with.
0: Yeah, I don't get me wrong. I, sometimes I make it sound like it's all doom and gloom, and nothing good has ever happened to your man Rick.
1: Yeah, you kind of th- you kind of do that.
0: I've had a <laughs> lot of cool stuff happen in my life, and yeah. some of it you don't even know about.
1: Oh, I'm sure I don't.
0: Right. But by the same token, I think if one, I would, I would have invested early on in different stocks and I could have really manipulated the stock market <laughs> and become rich. Two, I would have dated more, but I also would have had more long-term relationships. It's not that I would have wanted more one-night stands. I think that that's a, a false lie that I started telling myself when I was in my early twenties, that that's what I needed. But I think. In re- if, if I could relive things, I would have traveled more, invested, manipulated the stock market. I would have gotten involved in, uh, 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 helping politicians and I would have, uh, been in more long-term relationships. Those are the things that I would change. And I would have been a nicer person.
1: Okay. Well, you can still I, yeah. you can still you can still uh, you know, improve on that.
0: Yeah, but I've already Being a nicer person. That I can improve on.
1: Yes, you, you the, I mean, you can. I mean, you can't do the other stuff. No. But you can improve on on your um you can you can improve on um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Your attitude. Yeah.
0: That's true. Here's an idea for yes. a book. Okay is like let's say we're, we're taking me for an example right okay. so you know let's say i die and god says okay rick you can relive your life knowing everything you know now mm-hmm. um uh but because you're reliving because you're changing things the world around you is going to change so it's not going to be it'll be the same when you go back as it was when you were let's say seven but when you start changing things the world is going to change just a little bit so be aware of that so in the book i go back and i relive my life and i'm enjoying things and like for the first 10 years everything is going great i'm getting all the girls i'm making tons of money but what i fail to learn is because i'm changing things so much god or whatever you want to call like, sends in these spiritual police to track me down and take me to like a heavenly prison so I can like reform my ways. A heavenly and, prison? Yeah. So it's, now I've I got. sounds
1: like purgatory.
0: Okay. <laughs> so anyways, now I've got to run from these spiritual beings who have all these superpowers and I kind of know the future, but that's my only superpower. And so it's me against the spiritual beings or God makes it into a game and says, you I have think one it day. Would be,
1: I think it would be even uh, more interesting if they were demons instead of uh, Instead of heavenly beings. Okay. Okay.
0: So, so I make it a pact with the de- the devil. Says the devil and God decide a game. If I can avoid these demons for a week, I get to relive my life, knowing everything I know, and then get to and then get to get to go to heaven. But if I get caught, I go to hell forever. And. Um, and, you know, all that stuff. So, and God tells me this, but I, he doesn't give me any powers. He just lets me keep my knowledge. So now I got to like <laughs> run away from these demons who have all these superpowers and I have to maintain away from them for like a week. <laughs> would you read a book like that?
1: It's possible. I mean, that is very elaborate, but it's possible that I might, it oh, might be interesting. Yes. That might be a, um an interesting, uh, uh, spiritual, uh, what, it, what would you call it? Um kind of a, um, a,
0: spiritual a spiritual action book.
1: Uh, a, a spiritual action book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You got some really creative ideas. But I know. You should write them down.
0: It's hard. Oh, I do a lot of the times. It's, sometimes it's hard to shut down the mental faucet, too, I've noticed. And ideas <laughs> will just keep flowing out of me.
1: But that's good, though. That shows that you are uh, a creative person. Yeah. And I'm thinking about stuff, too. That's so, good. You know.
0: Yeah, you, you put the little demon spin on it. I did. Yeah.
1: But I mean it would be I think it would be a lot interesting more interesting if you're running after you're running away from bad uh demons that want to, that want to uh kill you or or I'm sorry uh to uh send you to hell forever. <laughs> so <Yeah>. It's like <coughs> it's creative.
0: Thank you, Babes. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Do you ever have a difficult time turning off the creative faucet?
1: Um, no, I have a very creative imagination, I think,
0: but you can just like
1: i can turn it off if i i mean i i guess i can i have a point where i do i i mean i am able to turn it off, but sometimes it's hard to yes mm. i I don't like write things down like I don't write them down and and hope that it's gonna be a script, but um, I do have a lot of creative ideas in my head
0: i've been getting back into doing morning pages yeah i know your favorite
1: i never said that
0: <laughs> i was being humorous
1: you're being sarcastic facetious? yes <laughs> sarcastic.
0: but only over the last week or so and i've already noticed a difference about how calm i am oh good yeah it just adds another layer of i can chill out a little bit because i'm giving my mind a space to go crazy Mm. and then the rest of the day i can chillax a bit
1: i need to start uh journaling again because i used to do that and i've kind of um laxed in the last um i think the last time i did that it had to be um almost 14 years ago Mm. 13 and a half years ago when i was really sick i was journaling a lot um and I really wish I, I, I really wish I continue, and, and I and I will. I, I think I, I need to do that this year because I really laxed on it last year.
0: I'm a big proponent of journaling. I think it's very, very helpful. I started doing that when I was like 20. Actually, did I ever tell you the first time I journaled? No. So check this out. This is September of 1994. Uh, I believe I just started at Kellogg Middle School, but mm-hmm. I only went there for a year. It was a little bit of a situation there, too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to write something down, but I thought to myself, well, I could just record my journals. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to Rick used to give up on stuff fairly easily. <laughs> there was a tape deck in this tape recorder that my sister had. Yeah. We both kind of had it. It was kind of like a musical. You kind of shared it, yeah. Yeah. And it was one of those old school ones to where it had two tape decks. Yes, yes, I remember those. And you recorded something on one of them on a a tape and then you were trying to record over, it would keep both.
1: Yeah. Which
0: is kind of interesting, I guess, if you wanted to be a DJ. Right. But it sucked if you were journaling. (laughs) So I didn't know that my sister had a musical tape in there.
1: Oh, no. And
0: I just started recording my thoughts all day. (laughs) I go back to listen to it and you can hear the music over it. Oh, and I start freaking no. out thinking, oh, shit, my sister's going to hear this.
1: Oh, no. She never
0: said anything about it, so I don't know if she ever heard it.
1: <laughs> she probably forgot about it. Yeah. The tape.
0: And then I, I didn't do it again for like ten years. Nine years, actually. Wow. Yeah. And then in 2003, I started journaling again. Hmm. Yeah. On paper.
1: Yeah. I, I need to um make a, an effort to... To start doing that again because, um, things have just, uh, changed for me a lot mm-hmm. and in, in, in a good way. In a good way. I feel like I've grown in the last, uh, 13 and a half years.
0: That's how long it's been since you journaled.
1: Yeah. I, I think so. I think so because a lot of things were going on after I was sick. I was getting back and I was, I went back to school. I, um, was traveling, uh, you know, I was dating. I, I mean, I was doing all kinds of stuff, and I just kind of, I just kind of stopped, uh, journaling. Yeah. On what I was reading in the morning. So I need to start doing that because it really does help with, uh, starting my day. I really feel so much better by, uh, you know, after I, I write my thoughts down. Nice.
0: So, yeah. so, there's a story, this is going to seem unrelated, but I'm going to try to bring it around. Mm-hmm. Okay. We started off kind of talking about the year 2002 with me. Mm-hmm. We we got there eventually. Yeah. There's kind of a story from that year that does not involve me dating anybody or anything like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, that I have not told you and I'm not going to tell you now. Okay. But it, it's it's kind of significant. Even, one day I'm sure I will. Uh, yeah. But now's not the time. All right. It's kind of significant. And uh, not a lot of people know about it, but I've written about it in journals. And how how does this relate to you if I'm not going to tell you what the story is? Okay. The way it does is I'm wondering from your perspective. Right. Is there any major things that have happened to you that you haven't told anybody about, including me, that you feel comfortable sharing in a journal?
1: I don't know, and I usually don't journal about that stuff. Mm. Um, it's a, it, it, No, it, it's, it's not that kind of a journal. Um, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I have to really think about that mm-hmm. because there are some things – Well, I mean, that is a really good question. I, I have to really think about that. I haven't thought about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, good.
1: I mean, I guess if you – I mean, I guess like if, if I could share something really quickly, Go on. I don't know if it's significant, but I felt like there was a period like in 2005 where not a lot of stuff was going on. I wasn't dating. I, I, like, I just broke up with somebody and I wasn't dating anybody, but I was going to school and it just seemed like it was kind of like a, uh, kind of a mundane year. Mm i don't know if that's really significant but it's something i never really talk about
0: yeah it's i i would like a mundane year
1: i've had period i've had a couple uh uh years where they seemed like nothing was really going anywhere
0: oh that's interesting to me do you was it did it cause like a low grade depression or no
1: No, I wasn't depressed. It was just frustrating. Mm. I wasn't really depressed. I didn't sink into like a depression where I didn't want to do anything. It just seemed like nothing's going on and the world seems to be passing me by and people are moving on. But I wasn't depressed. I was just a little bit frustrated. Like, why is this not happening? 2013 felt like that for me and 2005 felt like that for me.
0: Yeah, I've definitely had times where I felt the world was passing me by, but when I look back on those years, a lot happened, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So like we were talking about 2002, 2001, when I was in it, I, I felt very depressed. Yeah. But in retrospect, I was doing interesting things. Yeah. Uh, 2001 less so. Yeah. That was a year where, but I, I was very depressed though.
1: Oh, well, two thousand four was not a good year for me. Two thousand and five could have been better. I mean, it wasn't a bad year. It just mm. seemed like it was very um ordinary. yeah, I was still doing things, but you know i I wanted to do more that year if that makes any sense. I hear you. two
0: thousand and four was a horrible year for me
1: yeah it was it was bad.
0: oh my God, I hated that year.
1: It was a bad year. um, well, I think it was because of uh, yeah, it was a couple of things, but um. But 2013, 2013 was one of those years, too, that I was not, um, I didn't know where I was going. I think it seemed a little bit more ordinary than 2005, because at least in two, 2005, I was doing more stuff.
0: You know what other year I didn't like, babes? What's that? 2016. Just a horrible year. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Am I alone on that? I don't think I am.
1: I'm not, uh, uh, you are actually, uh, right. when it comes to the two of us. Um, I actually had a good year that year.
0: I went to Vegas. That was interesting. Uh, John Oliver made a really great video about 2016. So you've obviously seen or have at least heard about the John Oliver fuck you to 2016 video, right?
1: No, I didn't. I only saw the one about debt, but I don't watch John Oliver stuff.
0: Okay, we got to watch this 2016 video. No, no,
1: thank you. No. Why not? Because I know it's going to be about.
0: No, it's actually not about Trump.
1: No, I I don't want to watch it.
0: No, 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 but it's not about Trump.
1: Yeah, but I'm not really a John Oliver person. I mean, I don't know. I'll think about it.
0: It's really good. But anyways, when we were going through 2020, I'm thinking to myself, this is the worst year of my life. And that's saying something because 2001 uh, wasn't exactly a picnic and neither was 2002, but at least we're going to get a a sequel to the fuck you, 2016 video. And John Oliver didn't do that.
1: Oh, well, I don't care about John Oliver. (laughs) You're like, Look, I don't know. Out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really should apologize. I just, there's just some stuff that I'm not really into that you're into, and I really should apologize. But I just,
0: yeah, or you could just change your taste. Uh. <laughs> ah, stop. What up for? What we got <laughs> for? What we <were> got <laughs> for? Yeah. for? Ah, ow, ow. Can
1: uh, I mean, maybe I will. I don't know. I'm just not. I'm just not into some of the things that you are into.
0: Oh, I don't like There are things you like that I'm not into. Yeah,
1: but there's some things I haven't shown you because I know that you wouldn't be into it.
0: Like Friends.
1: Give it a chance, bubs. Give it a chance. What other
0: things would you not show me because you don't think I'd be into them? Um,
1: hmm. uh, you probably wouldn't be into Fuller House because you already watched Full House. Yeah, I thought um, it was awesome. I liked it. Um, I mean, there, I mean, there's, there's some Disney movies that I haven't showed you, shown you yet because, um, well, there may be some that you've actually have seen and I think, and I believe that there are, but, uh, there, there's some that I haven't shown you. Um, there's some, yeah, I, I yeah, I, yeah, there, there's, there's, there's some things that for sure you probably wouldn't. You, you probably wouldn't want to
0: see mm. we've watched some disney movies together yeah we have yeah and i've criticized most of them pretty hard y- you have with some exceptions uh-huh. i did like the sequel to toy story
1: yeah i told you it was gonna get better yeah
0: because when, when i and, saw the first one i'm like really
1: and you did like the shrek the two shrek movies i showed you. those were
0: actually pretty good i don't think those are disney but i did yes like they
1: them. are yes they are disney they're disney and pixar
0: are they? Yes, they are. I don't think that's right. Hold on. Yes, they are. Hold on. Alexa, who made the Shrek movies? See Dreamworks Animation. That's not Disney. Is it? No. I think DreamWorks is owned by Paramount, but I could be wrong with that.
1: Uh, look at that. I think it is. Wait, 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 wait. Are you sure?
0: Yeah. Oh, Hold on. Alexa, who owns DreamWorks? Amlin <laughs> Partners. Okay. Well, in any event, it's not Disney.
1: Is it? Are you sure?
0: That's according to my uh-huh. It's not owned by Disney uh But also, according to her, I was wrong about it being owned by parents. Okay,
1: okay, maybe. Okay, wait, I'm sorry. Okay, so t- Toy story, but, story, I can't talk. Toy Story is definitely owned by Disney and Pixar. Yes. But, but Shrek. Shrek, it's not. Really? Are you. Okay, maybe I was wrong about that. But anyway, they're like really good movies. But you like Shrek?
0: I, I didn't want to watch them because I'm like, oh, these are going to be dumb kids' movies. And you got me to view them. I'm really glad I did. Those were fun, and the other one that you got me to watch, even though it's not a Disney movie, uh, is Sing. I enjoyed that a lot, and they just came out with a sequel.
1: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: I want to see that sing only was because really the first good. one was so good.
1: Yeah, Sing was good. Um, yeah, I, I I did enjoy Sing. Yeah,
0: we watched Soul, but that's because I wanted to see it. Yeah. By the way, babes.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I told you the big Pixar news that came out on Friday. That the
1: uh, the newest movie is going to be on Disney Plus.
0: Exclu- yeah, it's not coming to theaters because of Omicron. It was supposed to come out
1: well,
0: in theaters in early March when they it said it's going straight I'm to I'm Disney
1: sorry. Plus. I mean, I don't know what these people are thinking because th- I mean, <clears throat> the The way that, uh, movies get into theaters is that theaters have to be open. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just tired of this whole thing.
0: The Omicron and.
1: I'm, I'm tired of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we're all of us. And, and the reason why 2020, of course, was such a bad year is that it affected every single person in the world. So I think the only way that movies will get into theaters is if theaters are actually fully open.
0: Well, that's the way it should work.
1: I I know. That's what I mean. Oh,
0: I think that. I mean, I keep hearing that Omicron is a good thing because it's a sign we're almost over it. I think that the next two months are going to be. Kind of difficult as far as COVID is concerned, but after that, I think it's things are going to start to get back to normal really quickly.
1: We can only we can only hope.
0: I'm so hopeful that there will be a blues festival this year. Although I'm not going to do the early bird special and buy tickets in advance. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes no sense to get a discount. Well,
1: when does they usually? When do they usually start um, uh, letting people sign up for it?
0: Late February, early March.
1: Oh, that's really early though, isn't it? Yeah,
0: but you get get like uh twenty percent off. But again, I'm not doing it because if they canceled at the last minute. Okay. But mm-hmm. if we get to let's say mid May, mm-hmm. it'll be past the early bird special.
1: Yeah. But and, you can still sign up for it. Yeah.
0: And yeah. it looks like we're somewhat good. I'll buy a weekend pass then. Okay. You know, I won't get the twenty percent discount, but you know, or get to go. Oh my like me. Live my life. Yeah. Like a ball.
1: And I'll go, I'll go for the one day that I usually go. And you'll, uh, get burned, uh, in, in four days. And oh,
0: yes. <laughs> I like this way you say usually, you've done it once before.
1: I, I, okay, once before. I'm sorry, but Ouch!
0: Ouch! Ouch! What was that for? <laughs> what was that for? That was my armpit, Dave. Oh. Slash nipple <laughs> so there. Slash where my heart is. You going to kill me. <laughs> no, you're-
1: <laughs> you ain't even get bubs. bubs.
0: What? What was that for?
1: Are you correcting my grammar, Bubs?
0: No, but, but what, why did you do that?
1: Because I could. Could <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry, Bubs. bubs. Ah, okay. All right. You... <laughs> tickle. Okay. Right, okay. We got
0: a catch so there's a tickle truce. <laughs> You're a little bit too reactive there, Jay. Whoa.
1: Well, who's the one who lets me be?
0: Well, babes, I'm not into uh, uh, abuse or anything.
1: You know, I'm not a. Wow. Okay. Okay, yeah. what well, yeah.
0: yeah, you're wasting your head on my shoulder.
1: Or is, you do you not like that?
0: No, that's fine, babes. Okay. I don't know how well it's going to sound, but.
1: Well, I, I'm I'm close enough, right?
0: I think you are. But well, I just know, babes.
1: Okay. Well, here. Yeah, how right. about this? That works. Okay. Good, good, good.
0: That's good stuff there, JLo. That's right. Yes.
1: Yeah, so anyway, um. We are, I mean, it's only January, but we're very, very hopeful that something will turn around this year.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure there's going to be other things that come up, like, you know, our ozone layer will explode or Joe Biden will endorse Donald Trump for president next time. Like
1: that's going to happen.
0: I can see that happening. No, it's not. I could see that happening. Uh Uh-huh. Or, you know, so, so I'm I'm sure don't worry, there's gonna be plenty of bad stuff this year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, plenty of stuff that um Rick's coming up with in his
0: head. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. Or the Democrats could decide, you know what? Dick Cheney's never actually been president. Maybe we could recruit him for next time. But um until then.
1: Oh my goodness, really? Then, I don't know.
0: It does feel like the Democratic Party is very reminiscent of the George W. Bush years of the Republican Party.
1: Oh, well.
0: In my opinion. Okay. But what do I know? I'm only a guy who studied history and writes poetry. Ah. Babes, yes. what was your first exposure to spoken word poetry?
1: Huh. I got to think about that because I didn't go to a lot of things. Um... I gotta really think about that. Let me mm. think. Let me think. Okay. So I guess my early exposure, cause in my elementary school, we had this thing called the speech festival. Okay. Which is really fun.
0: That does sound fun.
1: Speech meaning, speech is meaning that we got a chance to recite poetry, um, that, that, um, poets have written. So we didn't write it, but we were reciting what we wanted to recite. Mm. And some people did a group poetry thing where, They were each reading from a poem by an author. Um, that was a lot of fun. And, and students were selected to read, um, to recite, read and recite the poems that they chose. And that was a fun thing we did. I think, uh, I remember, uh, going to speech festivals, uh, might have been between, uh, fourth and sixth grade. It was a lot of fun.
0: That does sound cool. I
1: like hear. I liked hearing my friends recite uh, their poems that they selected. Um, I did not end up uh, performing at the speech festival, but I was glad to support my friends who were performing at the speech festivals. It was a lot of fun. Nice. Yep. And that's when I got sixth grade. Is when I got introduced to Shel Silverstein poems. I thought they were a lot of fun. He's cool. He he wrote a lot of poems for kids. And uh, one of the poems that I recited was The Twistable Turnable
0: Man. And he was friends with Johnny Cash.
1: I think you might be right about that.
0: He wrote some stuff for Johnny Cash.
1: Did he write A Boy Named Sue?
0: I think he did, but he also wrote, uh, what is it, 25 Minutes to Go, about a guy who gets hanged. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure Charles Silverstein wrote that.
1: He also wrote something called The Great Smokeout. Ooh. Um, That's awesome. I, oh my goodness.
0: For Cheech and Chong
1: or what? No, 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 no. It was a poem that he wrote. Okay. Um, but he wrote a lot of really fun poems for kids. And, um, I was introduced to it because I was trying to look up a poem that I wanted to recite in my sixth grade class. And my, um, uh, my teacher at the time, her son had a tape of Shel Silverstein. And I was like, I like this guy. This is a cool poet. And he also played the guitar. And, um, yeah, very talented man who, unfortunately, is no longer with us. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, He wrote some good stuff.
0: Well, good. Yes. J-Lo. Yes. We had an interesting day yesterday.
1: We did. It was not a bad day. It was actually better than Friday (laughs) for me. I will say that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You took about a two hour nap? Uh close to it. From roughly one forty five until four.
1: No, that wasn't right. That was like through. that was like uh close to three until about
0: No, it was after three, babes. It
1: was it was almost five, right?
0: Yeah, I'm saying it was from one so oh you're saying it was almost five.
1: Was it? Oh, 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 that's right. Okay, so we, okay, yeah, um,
0: we're we're going with mine now because you're all over the
1: place. No, 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 no. That's not right because we stopped eating because we did order food. We stopped eating.
0: Oh, maybe it was two forty-five. Yes, it was. Okay, two forty-five until till
1: about four. So it was almost two hours.
0: No, two forty-five until like close to five.
1: No, that's not right. Yes.
0: So here's what happened. Oh my goodness. We stopped doing this, and we're both getting hungry. So, I decide to order something from Panda Express. Our go-to. Yeah. We're playing with different apps. Eventually, we settle on Grubhub. Oh, I remember why. Uh, it? DoorDash is really good about changing the address, mm-hmm. but I was having trouble understanding how the menu was listed on Panda Express. The
1: choices, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, then we go to uh, Grubhub. We make it happen. Get our food, stuff our faces, and then around 2.45, we take a nap until around 5. We get up, and we start watching some stuff. Yeah, we did. Yes. Yeah. In 2016, babes, mm-hmm. a year that will live in infamy, I got an Audible account. Yeah. And I heard great things about the Miles Davis biography or autobiography even though he collaborated on it with uh quincy troubadour is that the
1: guy that was narrating for him
0: no 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 it was another guy okay but in any event i download the book and listen to it it's amazing Mm -hmm. the guy who narrates the book has that raspy sound to his voice It sounds like him like miles davis <laughs> yeah so in some ways it feels like a book but in other aspects it feels like you're listening to somebody tell you stories from their life and it just happens to be one of the greatest jazz musicians in the history of the form.
1: what a talented man yes yeah
0: there's a documentary I keep hearing about on Netflix called Miles Davis, Birth of the Cool. Yeah. And we sat down and watched it. And unfortunately, it's not an original. I think American Masters did it, which I only bring up because who knows how long it's going to be on the surface. And
1: when did it, when did it originally really come out? out? I don't know. Okay.
0: But I really enjoyed it.
1: I did too. It was – I like that they brought – um uh, people who actually knew him like Quincy Jones. I think some people were historians. Mm-hmm. Um, you also had, uh, Francis Taylor, his ex-wife. Um, there was another, uh, woman who was his painting partner later on in life. There was, um, uh, I don't think they interviewed Betty Mabry, uh, Maybury, right?
0: I think she passed away a number of years ago.
1: Okay. And that happened to be one of his wives. Betty um,
0: Davis, who released some very interesting music that you have not heard. No. But I, I listened to back in the day. So
1: she she was known as Betty Davis. Not yes. the same Betty Davis as the actress. No, no,
0: no. Not the same Betty Davis.
1: Okay. I'm guessing her, her their names are spelled differently, right? Yes. Okay. Um And uh, you know, they also had his nephews, his son. Who actually didn't sound like him. He sounded
0: like a nerd.
1: I know. He did.
0: Well, my dad, I was kind of afraid of him. You know who his son reminded me of, babes? What? <laughs> I don't mean a rag on his son. I'm sure he's a nice enough
1: man. Okay.
0: But he reminded me of Eddie Murphy in Bowfinger. Not when he's playing the celebrity, <laughs> but when he's playing the part of the nerdy brother. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is right. <laughs> Oh, Eddie Murphy is such a good impressionist. (laughs) Eddie Murphy is great. And if
0: we ever see a movie about Miles Davis, I hope he does the sun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 you are correct, Bubbs. You're absolutely correct. Thank you. Yeah. It was such a great documentary. It was so detailed. I wish they would have shown uh, Cicely Tyson.
0: That is something I agree with you on.
1: Yeah. I would have loved to have known what she thought of it.
0: They okay. don't even talk about their falling out.
1: They never talked about them, their marriage at all. They
0: they mention it, but well, they mention the fact that they knew each other. But you're right; they don't mention the marriage. I don't think.
1: No, not at all. I mean, he the only thing he said was, you know, after all this, Cicely Tyson uh, stopped kept stopping by to see me, mm-hmm. and sometime in that time, they were married. I, I'm guessing.
0: Yes, I think for a few years. Which is a good on him because he married an older uh, lady.
1: Really? She was older?
0: I believe she was two or three years his senior.
1: That's not that much older. Older would be like she was 15 years older than him. Yeah,
0: her, but so. you got to understand, Davis, he was Miles Davis.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Mr. Davis can't just be with anybody.
1: Ugh, oh, bubs. I'm just saying, bubs.
0: You know what? I no, We're getting off of Miles Davis for a second, but All we right. will bring him back. Okay. I always imagine that if there is a r- rich guy out there, he has to have a trophy wife. Uh-huh. But I've met rich people who were rich when their wives broke up with them. Wow! And it wasn't because of cheating; that the wife they wanted just broke something up, else. Yeah, and so. Maybe looks can be deceiving in some ways. Maybe it's not always you're rich and you need a trophy wife. Maybe it's you're rich and you still have like regular problems with the marriage that the wife doesn't want to work through. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Have you known people like that?
1: Um, hmm. That is a good question. I haven't, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. I haven't been around a lot of rich people to really give an answer to that. Yeah. I know um of rich people, but I haven't been around them enough to know about the whole trophy wife thing.
0: I've also known rich people who were high school sweethearts and have remained married for like 30, 40 plus years. Yeah. And are still together to the best of my knowledge. Now, I'm not in their house every day so i don't know if they have like open relationships or if it's just that they're really committed to what they have at home and they never cheat
1: yeah i know of um uh one rich person that i will not name in here
0: miles davis no
1: not miles davis no No, no, no somebody that you don't know okay um that i i think um they were married for a long time but they um I think they got divorced when their sons were older. I'm not sure because don't 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 quote me on that because I'm not quite sure about that story. But um, as far as I know, and uh, they uh, uh, the 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 guy is has uh, never married after that. Interesting. But I don't know. I mean, I, that's what I that's what I gather from what I know about it. But I don't quote me on that. I could be wrong
0: about it. Is Does he date a lot or no?
1: I don't know because he's an older guy. So he's much older. Mm. He's like old, older.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice.
1: So I don't think he has a lot of time for that. And okay. I don't, I wouldn't ask. Okay. It's not my business. Okay. Hey,
0: I can set you up with a hot young chippy of fifty-three of (laughs) your (laughs) age. That's my impression of you talking to him.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, I think young to him would be my age.
0: (laughs) Okay. Good. Not fifty-three.
1: No, no. According to some people, I'm I'm still a kid. I guess. (laughs) Yeah. To the uh, baby boomers, I'm still a baby, yes, mm. mm.
0: yeah well anyways, I, I forgot how why I took us down this rabbit hole of rich people, and right staying married and all that stuff, yeah, but getting back to Miles Davis, who grew up rich,
1: yeah, that's right
0: did. well, what was your impression of his childhood based on what you've heard about? in this document well
1: the, my impression is that even though they had a lot of things and he was wealthy um by all you know by uh family standards it seemed like his parents were very dysfunctional mm-hmm. his father didn't treat his mother what, right and i think that really that may have cemented him as ta- uh, in the way that he treated women later on like the jealousy f- that that he had when his uh then wife Frances Taylor wanted to do something on her own uh when she wanted to, to be in West Side story what that's that's horrible for her because she wanted to do something apart from him and she wanted to follow something that she was passionate about. And had she, had she been in West Side Story, where could that have taken her?
0: Well, you're close, but she actually was in the play and he made her quit.
1: Well, I mean, I was going to get there. Okay. She, she was in the play, yes, but she, but he made her quit because he was jealous of her being around people. Yeah. But when he met her, she was, um, already doing things she was a dancer right we get the sense she's,
0: that she was, she was famous that could also be her trying to infl- you know alter facts a little bit right because sometimes people will do that but according to her she was famous and everybody wanted to get with her
1: right so it shouldn't have been a shock to him that she would get attention mm-hmm. but it wasn't like it didn't seem to me like she was running around on him
0: no, I also wasn't there.
1: Right. But I mean and uh I don't know. I mean, it I thought he w- he came from a very dysfunctional background. Not only that there were a lot of problems that he didn't deal with very well and the way that he dealt with it was self medication and that didn't go well for him. Uh, because there was a periods in his life where he just stopped doing music altogether and like they have said he became a recluse for a while.
0: Basically just stayed in his apartment for weeks at a time.
1: Very depressed. But I guess for him, he really needed that so that he could get rested. And And he said that he just wanted to rest.
0: There is a story that is not in this documentary, but is in the book. Mm-hmm. And it was during that period in the 1970s. Where Miles Davis is just sort of like hanging out, doing drugs, mm-hmm. and not really having much of a life outside of that. Uh-huh. Where he's riding in an elevator. I believe it was in his apartment building. He sees a, a white lady come, and this was his word, so that's why I phrased okay. it that way, on the elevator. And he out of nowhere, he just slaps her.
1: Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I also thought, too, uh, that because, and it could uh, just be his dysfunctional childhood, and it could also be the combination of drugs. But he could just snap on a dime on anyone that he didn't like. Mm-hmm. He They said that if he liked you, he liked you. If he didn't, you knew it. And it kind of reminded me of John Lennon.
0: I could definitely see that.
1: Because John Lennon, I mean, people have said that they were afraid of him, that he was very intimidating, that he was always a leader and you knew that he was a leader. And if he liked you, he liked you if he didn't you you knew that he didn't yes, um, but I think John Lane was slightly different in that he actually um in some ways he kind of you know realized over the years that he didn't deal with his emotions very well, and he found a way to deal with them by writing uh music, I guess I don't know, i mean maybe 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 in some ways him and miles davis uh parallel on that
0: it's unfortunate that they never made any music together
1: they didn't yeah
0: because that would have been super interesting
1: yeah you know like the song julia because we were listening to um the white album yesterday
0: favorite album from from uh the kkk keep going
1: (sighs) bad joke bubs bad joke keep going and you can tell that Julia was a very it seemed like a very sad uh, somber song
0: mm-hmm.
1: beautiful song but can you imagine miles Davis jazzing up Julia
0: or working- class hero yeah or imagine
1: or imagine or or um, uh, uh, what was the one about you saying was it revolution
0: yeah, yeah. but or, or if we take it further, let's say that Mark David Chapman died before he could kill John Lennon. Yep. And let's say that in the late 1980s, maybe John Lennon doesn't reunite with the Beatles, but possibly does a collaboration with Miles Davis of original music. Mm-hmm. What would have that been like?
1: Yeah, that would have been interesting. So I think there's some parallels between John Lennon and Miles Davis as to how they um dealt with... Uh, or how they didn't deal with their emotions, especially when it came to the police, mm-hmm. because they never dealt with that. they just kind of they remained angry for the rest of their lives, it seemed like um angry at police for it forever and never never dealt with it
0: There's a story in the documentary about Miles Davis is smoking a cigarette. He's pretty famous at, around this time. It's before bitches Brew and all that stuff, but he's well known. In in the jazz world, and he doesn't want to move along like the police officer says. Another officer comes up and hits him over the head. They arrest him. Yeah, and he has to get bailed out of prison. Yeah, you are very pro cop.
1: I'm still I still am,
0: and I'm neutral. Okay, right. I'm wondering what went through your mind when you heard that story.
1: Um, I'm only hearing it from his version of it, and I thought that, um, and I'm and and I can't really um. You know, I'm the kind of person that likes to hear both sides of the story. And unfortunately, those police officers were not in the documentary and they don't... I don't know what... But if, in fact, that cop just hits him over the head for no reason, and he should have been off of the force immediately.
0: I am inclined to believe Miles Davis's uh, view on those events. And I am also... Of the opinion, and I don't know this, that those police officers probably didn't face any repercussions.
1: They probably didn't, yeah. and they should have, and they should have. If they, if they were really harassing him, they should have for sure.
0: It speaks to the racism in America that a famous black man is still limited on what what he can do.
1: But how? Okay, so yes, there there are some. There is racism in America. I will I will say that. But how much of when you hear about about racism being just a black and white thing, and it seems like every time there's a talk of racism in America, it's always a black and white thing. But how many people would ever talk about uh, the racism that has gone on against white people now?
0: Listen, is there racism against white people? Yes, but it's not the same level.
1: It doesn't matter if it isn't the same level. It's still racism. I mean, if if you are against racism, then you should be against every part of it. Not just, hold on, I wasn't finished. Not just the black and white thing, but the Asian against Asian, black against black, white against white, no matter what it is. It doesn't matter what level it is. It's its Pretty much the same thing.
0: No, I am against all racism. But this is a story specifically about Miles Davis and how he had to deal with racism.
1: Yeah, I I understand that. And it's a a horrible thing. And he should not have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And it's sad that even though he was a wealthy kid from a wealthy family, that he was still treated that way.
0: But he was famous at this time, too. I know. So it adds another layer to it.
1: I I understand that. Mm Mm-hmm. But it also didn't give him the right to sh- to slap that white woman in the elevator either.
0: No, no but that was like decades later. You know I, what I mean?
1: I know. I'm just saying, Bub's.
0: It's not like I'm you. Ju- ah, okay, okay, okay.
1: I'm just saying, Bob. You know, you have to counteract what I say all the time. <laughs>
0: You tend to do that sometimes. But... <laughs> Bubs. No no no.
1: What are you talking about? I don't know. Ah.
0: I, I think that's a very bad correlation, but you know.
1: No, I'm just I'm just trying to make a point here.
0: Bubs. Okay. Do you think that John Lennon and Miles Davis knew each other? Mm. Because they were both uh. in New York around the same time.
1: I don't, that's a good question. I would imagine that John Lennon may have heard of him because he really liked, um, the black music in America of that time.
0: Oh, I'm sure they knew who each other were. Yeah. But I'm wondering if they actually I don't knew think each so.
1: other. No, uh-uh. Yeah. I don't think so. I do not think so. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I think that they knew of each other, but I don't think that they knew each other. If that makes any
0: sense. I hear you. How much did you know about Miles Davis before we watched this?
1: Not a whole lot. I just knew about his talent. I knew that he got into drugs. Um, I knew that he was troubled, but I didn't know how troubled he was.
0: What do you think about him now that you have a more complex Um, view of his life?
1: I thought that he was very talented, but I probably wouldn't want to meet him in person.
0: See, this is where you and I are a little bit different. I would love to meet Miles Davis, but I'd love to meet him for maybe like ten minutes.
1: I mean, if he—I mean—the only way that I would ever want to meet him is if he actually—if he actually gave me the time, uh, just like John Lennon, right? I don't think I want to meet John Lennon after.
0: <laughs> oh, after uh, hearing about how much he loves people with disabilities.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think I want to meet him, but. I would have loved to have seen the Beatles live, though.
0: Absolutely. I
1: think it would have been fantastic. And I would have loved to have seen um, the Miles Davis Quintet live.
0: In a lot of ways, I'd rather hang out with Miles Davis than John Lennon. Because I think with Miles Davis, whether he liked you or not, you knew where you stood with him. And with John Lennon, I get the sense that he could just be a prick to you, even if he liked you. For no reason.
1: Yeah, that's the that's a one thing that's a different different between the two of them is that you knew where you stood with Miles Davis.
0: And with John Lennon, he could just either be nice to you and he hates you or be rude to you and he likes you. Exactly. Um, so if, if I had to have a night with either of them, I'd probably go with Miles Davis. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. But that's just me.
1: Maybe, I mean, I suppose if Miles Davis was alive and because, because they did say that he was giving interviews and he, he was starting to change a little bit, um, as he gotten older in the
0: last decade of his life.
1: Yeah. Maybe I would have loved to have, you know, um, been around that Miles Davis for at least 10 minutes.
0: I bet he had a lot of good stories that we don't know about, about the music world.
1: That's why I love to talk to um, older men and women sometimes. Mm. They have so much stories to tell us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of interesting stuff.
0: What are you doing to archive those stories?
1: I'm not archiving them. Okay.
0: Are going to go wave
1: up? Are <laughs>
0: you going to go wave up? Are sure you're going to fade?
1: <laughs> no, no. I, I'm not the kind of person that likes to archive people's personal stuff unless nice. they want me to.
0: Okay. Yeah. Would you recommend this documentary to anyone?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially someone that is um an ardent jazz fan. I think as I've gotten older I've really appreciate jazz for what it is. It's it's it is um the music of America. One of the music one of the types of music of America that I don't believe is gonna go out of style anytime soon.
0: I had to grow into liking it
1: yeah I, and it started with the um the history of jazz classes that i I've taken um, you know I've taken jazz in my twenties and I've also ch- taken jazz in my mid thirties and I really had a such more of an appreciation for that music.
0: My personal favorite jazz artist is still John Coltrane. Hmm. But there's a good argument to be made that Miles Davis is the most important jazz musician hmm. ever.
1: I don't know. It's hard. I mean, yes, Miles Davis is very important, but there were other people too, I think. Oh, of course. I he, mean, Louis Armstrong.
0: He looked up to Char- Charlie Parker, and, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's he's super significant. Yes, yes. There's a story that is in the book, but not in the documentary. I think it's the late eighties. Miles Davis is being honored at the white house. It might've been the Kennedy center. It might've been the Kennedy center honors, but I could have it wrong. And there's all these dinners he has to go to. At one point he's in a limousine with some politicians and their wives I think it's a I hope I'm getting the story right because I read the book years ago. Yeah. And the wife just starts saying something about how I don't understand this and you know, uh this form of music doesn't make sense and Miles yeah, yeah, Davis yeah. tries talking to her like a human being. Oh well. She doesn't know who she, he is and, and starts to say to him, well, "What have you ever done?" And Miles Davis proceeds to chew her out, talking about, I, young lady, I have changed popular music three times in my life. Wow. I'm a revered musician around the world who has won many accolades and who was respected by his peers. You're just some lady who married a politician. What have you done? Oh, wow. And apparently things got really intense in the limousine. Oh, <laughs> wow. There was a silence, but it was like a tense silence Attention. after that. Yeah. When,
1: when was When did
0: this happen? Late 80s wow huh what do you think about that
1: well that's interesting because anybody would have known who he was by now
0: yeah but she was you know in her own little world i guess yeah Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yes that's why you just don't do that you just don't talk to an older person like that no (laughs) no it's just not right
0: the other story i loved in the documentary last night probably not your favorite a friend tells a story about going with Miles Davis and some lady to pick up drugs. Miles goes into the spot, gets the drugs, comes back in the, the car and says, you had sex with my girl. The guy's like, no, Miles, it was only, you were in there for two minutes. I couldn't do that. And he's like, no, we are not leaving until you tell me that you had sex with her. And he's like, all right, we fucked on top of the car roof when you were in there. Now let's go. Do you remember that story?
1: Yeah, it was my favorite. I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs>
0: I only laugh, babes. I know you oh want God. to tickle, yeah, and it's part of the way you lash out. But no, I'm not
1: really lashing out. I'm just, you know,
0: because I grew up around people like that. I totally believe that that happens. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: pretty shady people.
0: I'll say. Hey, pretty shady people. Okay. 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 Okay,
1: Oh my goodness! I didn't say that.
0: Ah. Does this make you want to read the book?
1: I don't know. Uh, I think I learned a lot already for the documentary. Mm. I don't know if I really have to go into detail because, um, I, I mean, they did a really good job of summarizing his life. Yeah. I mean, um, I thought it was really interesting too, because, um, Francis Taylor, when he, she was giving his, um, account of how much stuff that he ingested, like, um alcohol milk some other stuff like it really made his personality different and um that he she had to leave because it got really abusive and uh, and you told me that he he could turn on somebody that quickly yeah yeah
0: there's a great poem i always get the name of it wrong i want to say it's called on the a-train there was a show called deaf poetry jam and they did a book version of it called yo bum rush the page mm-hmm. that I want to say came out in 2001 or 2002. Uh-huh. I read it in 2003 and there's this a poem in there that I love where this lady talks about, my man says that uh, he's a real man, like uh, Miles Davis. Uh-huh. And I, it makes me wonder what Miles Davis's girl felt like when he used to beat the shit out of her. And, you know, hear Miles Davis joking with the cops afterwards. And its I'm not doing the poem justice, but it's an amazing poem. Oh, wow. I, I, I think it's called On the A-Train. Don't quote me on that. Okay. But if you get the book, Yo, Bum, Rush the Page, which is on Bookshare. It's in there. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I don't know. Okay.
1: Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Was it Was it actually written by a a real poet?
0: Yes. Okay. What do you mean, of course it is?
1: No, I mean, like, um, was it like a... I guess my question would be, yes, it's written by a poet, but um, was it a true story?
0: I don't know. Mm. That I can't vouch for. But she's comparing her man to Miles Davis because apparently they both like to beat up women. I would imagine it had a lot of truth in it, though. Wow. But does this movie make you want to read... The 1962 Playboy interview of Miles Davis.
1: Um, I don't know. Hmm. I'm not sure.
0: Oh, we did listen to part of Bitches Brew last night.
1: Yeah, it was definitely weird. Um, it it was cool. Um, I like that that era where Miles Davis was getting into the um the fusion part of jazz. I think jazz fusion is really cool. I didn't really... The, the Indian stuff was weird,
0: though. I liked a lot of the Indian stuff.
1: I mean, some of it sounded cool, but some of it was like, whoa, that's a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. And we're using like a sitar. And I remember the guy was like, I don't understand what <laughs> music is that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to laugh at that. But, I mean, he tried, though. He did try. I, I, I mean... The Indian stuff was weird, but I liked the, the, the fusion stuff yeah. that he... Yeah,
0: we didn't really listen to a lot of the Indian stuff last night. No, we didn't. Um, but the thing I found interesting about playing Bitches Brew is Miss A censors the title of the album. Yeah. How do you feel about that?
1: It doesn't bother me.
0: Really? But no. you're it's supposedly anti-censorship.
1: I know, but I mean, it's uh, that's, it's that's it's a dot. Okay, the dot's going to do what the dot's going to do. It doesn't bother me. Mm. It's not like it's a human.
0: Okay. I found it a little bit off-putting.
1: Okay, well, I don't care. (laughs) Uh, They
0: bleeped out the word bitch in the title of a classic album. But that's me.
1: Yeah, I I don't really care so much about it. Yes, yes, yes. It doesn't bother me. No.
0: Well, Good. Glad to know you're a fan of censorship there. I never know? said that. It's <laughs> right. not even a humor. All right, give me a kiss. Son. No, It's designed by people. Give me a kiss. No. Why not? Why no. not? Why not?
1: Why not? You're not listening to it I will.
0: And I'm going to write my own album called J-Lo's Brew. Oh. So
1: give
0: me a kiss. Good boy. I always am. No. I wonder if Miles Davis knew Cindy Lauper. Because oh, he did that that's cover, right. of time he after did time.
1: time after time. That was a good cover, actually. I, I I forgot about that. Yeah, it's possible. I wonder if she liked it.
0: Oh, I'm sure she did. Yeah, it's Miles Davis doing a cover of your song, and you're this teeny bopper person.
1: Right, right. I'm sure she did. I mean, I didn't hear any. I didn't hear any complaints. No, but it was a good. It was a good. Um, a good one. Oh, good. Yes.
0: Then we watched something that I was excited to see, but to be honest...
1: It wasn't as good as we thought it was going to be. No. I really... I mean, I read about the Monterey Pop Festival. I saw clips of it in my class. Because at one time, I was taking a rock history class. And I thought it was cool, but i uh, we both didn't think that this documentary was going to be... Um, what's lacking a lot of things? It's
0: pretty much just a concert film. Yeah. Even though I think it's classified as a documentary.
1: Yeah. And, and we did see some like things behind the scenes, like, uh, John Phillips calling somebody and Michelle Phillips getting things ready. And, um, we saw some kids that were, uh, going to the Monterey Pop Festival. And, you know, there was like, we saw some, some, a few live performances, but we would, I mean, I wish that there were, there was a lot of, uh, narration because I didn't know some of the people that were performing.
0: What would have been interesting is if they would have interviewed the artists at before and after their sets. I know. And put that in. And also, yeah, they could have shown more footage with Otis Redding. You get, Like one and a half songs. One and a
1: half songs. Yeah, exactly.
0: Jimi Hendrix. I think maybe you get two. Um, Mamas and the Papas. I think you get two. Jefferson Airplane. Maybe two. Yeah.
1: Janis. The whole uh, Janis Joplin and the uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company was maybe like one or two.
0: Yeah. And one. This makes me want to listen to some more Jefferson Airplane Mm -hmm. because it was really good. Yeah, it was. But also, I, I wish it would have been longer and showed more of the performances.
1: Yeah, and, and it was a, it was like an hour and a half. nineteen, An hour and 19 seconds.
0: 19 minutes. 19
1: minutes? 19 seconds. An <laughs> hour and 19 minutes. And, and uh, the Miles Davis documentary was for a good two hours. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, disappointed. I really was. I thought it would have been a lot more.
0: Not that good.
1: No, the music was great, but there was not, there wasn't narration at all. No. Yeah.
0: But we survived it, babes. I brought up the idea of Mm J-Lo. It's only 8.31, why don't we watch another movie? But you said, why don't we listen to Bitches Brew and the White Album, which is what we did.
1: Yeah, we did. I was was getting a little bit tired after a while. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, I suppose we could have watched another movie, but I I was like, no, I think I want to listen to more music.
0: Yeah, we listened to most of the White album. Yeah. But then you went to bed by 10.
1: Around that time. 10. No, it was actually more like 10:30. Okay. I was I was exhausted. Yes. Yeah.
0: What did you think of what you heard of the White album? My favorite Beatles album.
1: Um I was surprised that Revolution was a different um, I was so used to the radio version of Revolution that I I didn't know that they redid, uh, the, or they um they did a different version for the album. Mm-hmm. It was good. Um, I liked uh Bungalow Bill, which I never I don't remember hearing, and uh, Rocky Raccoon. Yes. um, it was good stuff. Oh, okay. God. Is a Good Day Sunshine on that same album?
0: No, like that what? I want to say is on Revolver.
1: Okay. And you said that um, Revolver was better than Abbey Road, right?
0: In my opinion. Okay. I think that uh, White Album's my favorite. Rubber Soul is is a close second to me. Then Revolver, then Abbey Road.
1: And you don't really care for Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club.
0: Yeah, I think it's overrated. It's, it's not a bad album, but I think it gets a little bit too much praise. In mm. my opinion
1: interesting and i'm the
0: only one on earth who feels that way so
1: wow well um what other stuff was on abbey road that you liked
0: here comes the sun yes
1: good good one
0: i want you i want you bad
1: we, we we did that one
0: uh i i think don't let me down is on there don't
1: let me down i could be wrong with that but i'm
0: pretty sure that's on there um
1: they have long and white, wi- uh, a long and winding road. No,
0: that's on "Let It Be." Okay. Maxwell Silver Hammer. Maxwell Hammer.
1: Maxwell Silver Hammer.
0: Yep, uh, something.
1: Ah, mm-hmm. Maxwell Silver Hammer. I did, I did enjoy that song. That's a good one. Yes.
0: Uh, what's that? That one. was like the melody. The first part of it is "You never give me your money, girl." You never give me your funny money. I forget uh, the name of that. I one, forgot what. One but one. that's a good song. Yeah, that's on there and in others too. Yeah, yeah. Octopus's Garden, which is for a Ringo song, it's okay. I like that one. Okay,
1: I like to be under the and sun I believe
0: he actually wrote that
1: in an octopus's garden in the shade.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: I think it was supposed to be for a um for kids, Uh a kids, uh, little kids. um cartoon or something
0: i don't know about that babes yes, but it's but, on there yeah i like that one yes 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 come together
1: yes i like that i like come together yes
0: so it had some good stuff babes
1: yeah so so you 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 liked uh your a little bit of Abbey road
0: oh yeah and, again if it was any other band who made it it would have been that band's best album but because the beatles did so many great albums it's like number 4
1: it was good morning on rubber soul
0: Good morning, I wanna say, was on I wanna say it's Sgt. <laughs> Peppers or Yellow Submarine. Okay. Those albums I know less. Alright. But um yeah. Alright. Alright, babes. Wow. That was good. Is there anything else you wanna talk about?
1: Oh yeah, I have to tell about I have to talk about my dreams. Tell me. Um I had two dreams that involved a uh, round um uh, two big round balls and one small one. Um, don't get any ideas, Mr. Rick.
0: I don't think like that, babes. Yeah, I, should do. I leave that up to you.
1: Um I had one of the, the dreams that I had uh yesterday afternoon was I had a dream that I found these two round um they kinda reminded me of basketballs and they had braille on the on them and I forgot what, what it said. And then the next dream, you told me that – and it was weird because in the dream you said you had a brother that had a secret recipe for something. And it was – it were these balls that had these spices in them that were supposed to flavor – I think they were supposed to flavor desserts. And you put them in the dessert you, – you put them in the mixture and it's supposed to dissolve. And you took one out of its wrapper because I guess you're – um. Your brother um, marketed his secret recipe for these balls, and you, you were eating them. I'm like, are you sure you're okay with eating that? I mean, what does it have in there? Cinnamon, sugar, and you were naming off the spices, and you're like, mm, this is really good. <laughs> and then I woke up.
0: Nice. I had two dreams. Yes. Yesterday when we took the nap, my dream was that I was in the mall, and... People were pairing off to do these exercises. Mm-hmm. There was this girl with dark skin, but light hair. So not brown, but, you know, dark white. and and
1: Like
0: white hair? No, 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 So her skin wasn't brown. She was white, but she was like darker skin for a, a white lady. Yeah. And she had maybe dishwater brown hair. Or, or dishwater, dishwater blonde, blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And we were going over these stretches. Okay. I go out to do mine, then I wake up. Oh, wow. Last, or this morning, rather, I had a dream that I was in this big house of my grandparents. Mm -hmm. But everybody else was there because of this wedding that was supposed to happen. It was just us hanging out. We go into this living room area. There is a couple on this lazy boy, and the girl is on top of the guy kind of riding him. My grandparents start talking to them, and apparently they knew this couple. I didn't know them. Okay. And the girl's name was Corey. Uh huh. And then I woke up.
1: Oh, that's weird. Yes, that is weird.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's really weird that the 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 couple would be canoodling um in the the recliner while they're talking to your grandparents. Yep. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. yes,
1: canoodling.
0: Canoodling.
1: Yeah.
0: I love you, canoodling, J-wo. I'm not
1: canoodling, bud.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. No. All right, babes. Anything else you want to say?
1: Um, watch the Miles documentary. The Monterey Pop Festival was a disappointment, but if you want to listen to groups from uh from that festival, go ahead, but don't watch the documentary. It's yeah. not that good. Maybe
0: go on YouTube and see if you can find the performances.
1: Right, 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 right. Watch them, but um, but the Miles Davis documentary for sure. Um, watch the Birth of the Cool. It's, it really is cool.
0: Pretty good. It's really good. All right, babes. Thank you. Bye right, bye
1: bye for now. Bye bye. Bye bye.